Good evening, everybody. Hello, Mosaic. <laughs> it is wonderful to be back at Mosaic, and thank you. I'm sorry that Pastor is not feeling well. I guess Jolene's not feeling so great either. And then his father was going to speak tonight, and then he was not feeling so great. So they, they, they brought the third string in, so I'm ready. I am ready to go. But Pastor Joe and Jolene, we love you. Thank you for this opportunity. Hi, Mosaic. How are you? It is wonderful to be here. And uh, we haven't, uh, it's been three months since we've been back. And so it's exciting to see people I don't know. I, when I, you know, when I, you can tell the church is growing because there's people here that I don't have a clue who you are and you don't know who I am, and that's a good thing because that means something's happening at Mosaic Church. I'm excited for you. Thank you for being here tonight. If this is your first time, thanks. for Joe is so much better than I am. I invite you to come back and uh, don't, don't you know, gauge whether or not you're going to come back on this message. Hear Joe. He's much better, okay? But uh, anyway, thank you. I'm going to introduce some very special people tonight. I've got my lovely wife, Kim, right here, and i got Brett Ballard from Michigan. He, he's a young man that's staying with us. And I was teasing him all day that he's going to be up here speaking tonight. And he said, if you do, I'm running out that door. And so I won't do that to you, Brett. But anyway, thank you for this opportunity and to get reconnected. Isn't it wonderful to be a part of a family? Somewhere you belong, where you fit in. Even what, What's the saying around here that, you know, come as you are, even if you're jacked up? Is that right, Melissa? Come on. How many know that God just loves you the way that you are, and he's got a great plan for your life, and I'm so excited to have this opportunity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, enough said. Let's get into it. We've heard this Christmas story over and over again for a l many, many years. And it's interesting that uh, it's from Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2, really Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. It's all the history from the past to the future goes through these verses. There are four prophecies as you go into this and begin to study this. God, through Zechariah, and Elizabeth, and they were going to have a son, and they named him John. He was John the Baptist. They were uh, relatives of Mary and Joseph. And then you have Joseph and Mary, how the prophecies that were them. Then the wise men and the shepherds and uh, Simeon and Anna, they all received a word from God, and, uh, and they told Joseph, don't go back to where you came because uh, Herod is going to uh, kill Jesus, so take Jesus to Egypt after he was born. And so what I want to talk to you is about O little town of Bethlehem. Everyone say Bethlehem. Bethlehem. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, this is what it says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Because we've seen his star, right, uh, when it rose and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard that, he was disturbed because he loved power and authority and position. And he was, Jesus was a threat to him. And all Jerusalem with him were disturbed about this new king that was to be born. 
Verse number four, when he had called together all the people and the chief priests and the teachers of law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And here it is, in Bethlehem in Judea. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I've got four points I just want to share real quick before uh, we leave tonight. And man, I love coming to Mosaic. Don't you love the candy out there? I mean, that's just, I mean, whoever did that, that just, you heard from God. It was amazing. So, uh, matter of fact, I just, my wife got me one bag and I went back and took, I didn't know it, but I got another one. So I'm leaving with two bags. So if you don't get any, come and see me. I've got an extra bag, all right? I don't want to be, you, you forgive me for doing that? I got two bags. But let's look at the place of Bethlehem and why God chose that place. Bethlehem is in the New Testament nine times. Three of them are in these verses, Matthew 2 one through six. Today, the city of Bethlehem is famous for one reason, and that is the birth of Jesus Christ has made that city famous. There are people even today that are in, you know, I don't know what the COVID has restricted people, but I'm sure they are going by where Jesus was born and having a celebration because the greatest event the world has ever known, the Son of God has come into humanity. Amen. And that place was Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the least of all the cities in Israel. It's probably 25,000 to 30,000 people. It wasn't connected to a metropolitan area. It wasn't a place where you go up on, you look up online and say, you know what, man, I got to get there. This is the, you know, if you want to go on vacation, you go to Bethlehem. I mean, no, you don't do that, Right? It wasn't known as a destination that you must go to. It wasn't Hawaii. It wasn't Florida. It wasn't the Caribbean or whatever. It was Bethlehem, one of the lowest areas, probably not real uh, commerce and all those things. It wasn't connected. It was the least of all cities. The question I want to ask you is, why did God chose Bethlehem for his son to be born there? Here's what I want you to walk away with tonight. Listen to this. God likes to choose the smallest to birth miracles. Mm. You may have come from a small place. You may have come from a broken place. You may have come from a difficult place. But God can take the difficult in your life and he transforms you and he changes you and he blesses you and he takes a mess and he makes it into a message. Amen? Come on, come on right? Hallelujah. I grew up in a place called Dawson, Minnesota. Population of 1,200 people. Not a lot going. There was a, all it is is cornfields and bean fields, and we had a soybean plant, and that was the only thing that made that town even stay alive. I was very insecure as a kid. I don't know why I'm telling you this. It says confession is good for the soul. I used to stutter terribly. What, matter of fact, my English teacher said, whatever you do, don't go into communication because you're really not good at it. Because I stuttered so bad. 
And let me just say, if God can use somebody from Dawson, Minnesota, don't you think he can use somebody like you with all of your insecurities, with all of your past, with all of your issues, with all of what's going on in your life? He takes us and he changes us and he uses us for his kingdom. Amen. Look what 1 Corinthians 1 says. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But here, don't you love verse 27? But God chose the what? Foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. How many know that's us tonight? God wants to use you. And why did God choose Bethlehem? Think about this. The very, just think of what heaven's going to be like someday. The Bible says that heaven, there are streets paved with gold. The things that are so much, so precious to us, we walk on them in heaven. Think about that. All of the gates and the pearls and the beauty, nothing dies in heaven. It's alive. Wonderful, beautiful, man. Every golf shot goes straight. No, right? Come on, man. You can, you can have a, a, a jet ski on the water. It's just awesome. Matter of fact, you can in the water and you're not going to drown. It's going to be awesome. You don't have to have lifeguards. Nothing dies. Right? But that's what we were. Wasn't very whole lot of noble, there wasn't a lot of influence, there wasn't a lot of nobility, but God chose us to change the world. And what God is saying is, I can still use you, even if you come from obscure places, even if you've come from difficult places where no one knew your name, right? Isn't there a song like that? God can take a place where you come from, whether it's small or insignificant or your life is broken, you might be here tonight and you're saying, man, you're talking to me. That's me. I come from a broken place. I come from a place of insignificance. I don't know if any, you know, I, I heard a comment the other day. It said that this Christmas might be the loneliest Christmas people have ever spent because of this COVID junk. I'm really glad that this 2020 is about over and we're going into 2021 and I'm believing that it's going to be an incredible year, right? Amen. Number two, let's look at some of the people of Bethlehem. We have Joseph and Mary. It's interesting, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1 and verse 4, there was a king by the name of David who was born and grew up in a place called what? Bethlehem. And the very king that God said, I've provided for, for me a king. And Samuel thought, well, it must be this guy. He looks sharp. He's, he's GQ. He's got it together. He kind of looks like, you know, somebody out there. And... But the reality was, God said, I've rejected him, but I've got somebody that has a heart for me. And there was David. And Jesus was born from the lineage of David. And that's what Joseph was. He was from that lineage. How many know that wasn't a coincidence? 
David was born in Bethlehem. How many know Jesus was born in Bethlehem? It's God's plan from the foundation of the world that something obscure as that, a place that is of no influence or whatever, it's maybe on the background, no one wants to go there, that's the very place that God said, I'm going to birth my son there. Hmm. Here's the second thing I want you to, to, to walk away with about the people of Bethlehem. God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things for him. I'm really glad that God takes just ordinary people like us from a, a church called Mosaic and he puts us together with his love and his grace and we are part of the body of Christ and we're going to reach this community for Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. We're going to touch this community, that, and not only this community, but around the world. Think about the ordinary people. What did Joseph do? He was a carpenter. He was a builder. When he went to work, he had a hard hat. He had a tool belt. He had a lunchbox with Mickey. I don't know what it was. But God chose a working man to work through. And God wants to work through your life, in your business, in your home, through you. Jesus was also a builder. He spent time with his, his earthly father. And he learned the trade. How many think Jesus was a pretty good carpenter? Yeah. I was just thinking he probably never swore when he hit his ha hand with a hammer. Right? Come on. He was a builder. He was in the construction build business until he was 30 years old. And once he turned 30 years old, they were at a wedding, and his mother said, hey, they ran out of wine, and it was an embarrassment to the, to the, to the couple that was, uh, uh, to the parents and to the people that were there. And sometimes these celebrations could last three, four, five days. And they didn't have, they ran out of wine. And so his mother said, and this is my theme verse, John 2, 5. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And that was Jesus' first miracle. And he said, Mother, don't push me. <laughs> it's not my time, but I'll do it anyway. How many know that's the character and the love of God? Even though it wasn't his time and it wasn't his season, he intervened because somebody was in desperate need. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God is going to intervene in your life if you're desperate, if you have a need, if you come broken, you've come to the right place because Jesus wants to heal you and put you back together again. Hmm. Hallelujah. Think about not only Joseph, what about Mary? Do you know she's probably only 14 to 16 years old? Wow, that's amazing. And think about when the angel came to her. And what did the angel say? Mary, fear not. How many know that's a good word for all of us in 2021? I'm not going to fear COVID. I'm not going to fear what all of the economic and social and all this unrest and all the things going on because God, you know what? The church needs to show up in these last days, right? And so Mary was a teenager and that's, she was just going ordinary girl, ordinary person going through her life. The angel said, Mary, you are highly favored. I've got great news for you. Well, what's the news? Don't be afraid. 
For you have been chosen to birth the son of the living God. God chose you, Mary. Wow. He says, how can this be? I've not had relationships with anyone. And this is what the angel said. Mary, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. And the Holy Spirit, how how many glad that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and plant the seed of God on the inside of your womb, Mary. And that thing in you will grow. And after nine months you will give birth to the Son of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that pretty cool? And Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Wow. Think of the responsibility that she was carrying on the inside of her. Okay, never mind. Hallelujah. Tell me, let's move on, Pastor. Keep moving. Move on. Think about these Joseph and Mary, these were people who were misunderstood. Maybe you can relate to that tonight. People labeled you. They labeled Mary and Joseph. They'd walk on the other side of the street and they'd kind of whisper and point their fingers and say, do you know she's supposed to be engaged to this man and yet she's pregnant and they're telling us the story that the Holy Spirit came upon her and this thing's of God? Yeah, right. Come on. Maybe you've been misunderstood all of your life. Maybe there's been a label on you. Hmm. No one believed their story. Wow. Let's look at the problems of Bethlehem. Look, look at Luke 2, 4 through 7. You still with me? I got two more points and I'll be done. We'll be, we'll be ready to go. I will be done by 6. Say thank you, Pastor. Hmm. Here it is. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea and Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. Remember I told you he was from the lineage of King David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and she was expecting a child. Here's where it gets complicated. Here's the problem. While they were there, okay, it's nine months. The time came. How many know when it's time, right? How many ladies know when it's time, you cannot stop it. It will happen. That baby will come out, right? The time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no room available for them. Now, you have to understand the the manger is a feed trough. It's where cattle ate out of. And that's where the Son of God was birthed. How many know that's a big problem? I cannot imagine being nine months pregnant riding on a donkey. We have nice cars. We have nice couches, right? Think about this. Nazareth was about 80 miles north of Bethlehem. And it was probably a 100-mile round trip, uh, or 
100-mile trip around Samaria because of a racial tension. They couldn't go through Samaritan because the Jews and Samaritans didn't have anything to do with each other. So look, we're, we're talking 100 miles on a donkey. Ladies, how would that go over for you? Do you think you would have a conversation with your husband about that? Yes. I know my wife, I won't get into that, but I know we would have an interesting discussion. Look at Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Hmm. I can just imagine Mary saying, Joseph, do we really have to do this? And I'm sure Joseph wasn't real thrilled that he had to do, go to register. They were taking a census, and so he had to go. And he couldn't, you know, they didn't have email back then. They didn't have, you know, you just sign something, and it's amazing. How many glad for technology? It's amazing today. But they had to go there in person and register. And while they were there, a hundred-mile trip, the time came for Jesus to be born. And there was no room. The reason why I think there was no room is because God wanted room in your life. He didn't want a huge auditorium, although we love, how many thank God for Mosaic Church that we have this wonderful facility. It's awesome. But the reality is God wants to live in you. He came to change your life to set up his kingdom in you that you could experience life, right? So here's what I want you to walk away with, this third point. God doesn't birth miracles out of perfect places. He births miracles out of tough places. And you might be in a tough place tonight, and guess what? God can do a miracle in your life. You might be, you, you know, because of this COVID, you may have lost your job. You may have been downsized. I don't know what's going on. But it's not easy for anybody today. Maybe you have a report that says you've got cancer and you may not make it another Christmas. God can do miracles in tough times. Hmm. Don't you think Joseph was thinking, God, there must be a better way. Maybe I miss God on this thing. There's too many problems and too, I can't find a room. My wife is struggling and she's ridden and has taken us all this time to get here. And now she's, it's time for her to give birth. What are we going to do? Maybe, have you felt that way? Life is difficult. The problems and situation, it's too much for me. Mm. They did not get to choose the timing and the terms of their miracle. And let me tell you something, neither do we. Come on, I'm doing some good preaching on a Christmas Eve. This is good. Hallelujah. They didn't get to choose the timing or the, or the terms of their miracle, and neither do we. 
I just trust God that he's going to make a way where there is no way. If he can make a way in the wilderness for a bunch of people and he fed them and clothed them, not one of them were, had sickness all those years because God was watching over them. Just think what he can do in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Some of you are facing Christmas without a job. Some have lost a loved one this year. You might be facing Christmas alone or the medical report that says, hey, it's difficult. This isn't good. We live in a fallen planet. There's problems, but there is a promise. Let me get to the promise in Micah 5.2. You, Bethlehem. Even though you're small, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Hallelujah. I love what verse 4 says. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. Doesn't that sound good? Come on, you don't have to fear 2021 because you can be secure knowing that, that if God be for you, who can be against you? knowing that Emmanuel came as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew 33 years old, gave his life so that we could have life. We could have be forgiven. Amen? Man, I love that. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. You see, there's only one person that can bring peace, and that's Jesus. That's it. Peace is not the absence of problems. I can have peace in the midst of my problems, in the midst of the doctor's report. Whose report are you going to believe? In the midst of my checkbook that says, man, you're not going to make it. You've got more bills than you have income. And it, I don't know how you're going to make it, but you know what? We trust God and we give. And isn't that wonderful to be able to give to the orphans? I think that's so awesome. God bless you, Mosaic, for doing that. That's amazing. Here's what I do know, that God wants to birth miracles in this place tonight. In the tough place, in the places of isolation, in the places of failure, God wants to tell you he's not done with you. He's got a plan for your life. Surrender your life to him. The greatest Christmas that could ever happen is if you surrender to Jesus and say, Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. And I realize who you are and that you left all of heaven to come to me. Mm. Awesome. I'm going to have the worship team come back and they're going to sing a song and then I'm going to wrap it up. Tonight you might be in a small place, but I believe God's going to birth a miracle in you tonight. You might be away from God and someone invited you to come to a place called Mosaic because they loved you and cared about you and they want you to know that you can be forgiven and you can be free. How many are glad that when you gave your life to Jesus, the chains fell off? All of a sudden, all the weight and all of the sin and all the stuff of my life and the hurt and the failures, oh, all of it, and Jesus took it all. That's what Christmas is all about. That's why Jesus came. It's not just so that we can give presents. 
It's wonderful to give presents to your grandkids. Oh, my kids are coming in. On, they're flying in tomorrow. I have, my house looks like a, like a Griswold Christmas. I mean, the lights are everywhere. It's amazing. But I believe that God wants to speak to your heart. And I believe that God wants to do a miracle in you. The greatest miracle is giving your life to Jesus. That you can be born again. It's absolutely wonderful.